a goal should be quantifiable and have a timeline. With AppSumo, we have a revenue goal. With SendFox, we have a customer target goal. And so it's just like, if you have that, you can work backwards from how the best way to get there. What is up, you beautiful bastards? It's your boy, Chicken Wing, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I talked to Sam of PassiveAirbnb.com. This is another Noah's Ark episode. You guys love these. This is where we take someone just like you from the audience and in real time, make a live case study out of them, and we all get to learn. So I expected this episode to be a super big yawn for two major reasons. Number one, many people without money can't afford to buy a property to do an Airbnb. And number two, I expected the episode to be super boring since I really just assumed he was selling crappy info marketing stuff, teaching people, get a place, put it on Airbnb, and now you're rich. I was wrong. Sam managed to actually create his own Airbnb business without actually owning any property. And he shows people how to do that, plus a bunch of other things I was surprised about. So if you've ever want to learn about Airbnb, you will love this episode. In this conversation, there's three major things. Number one, how goals should be quantifiable and have a timeline. Number two, how Sam was able to potentially get three clients and change his business dramatically. I was really surprised by his idea. And number three, how to look at your trends over a time period to really see what's making a difference. You're going to learn those three things plus a bunch, bunch more along the way. Enjoy. Before we jump into the conversation, go check out appsumo.com slash sendfox. We have an insane lifetime deal on sendfox.com, $49 for life. You'll never pay again for your email marketing. It's what I use. Go check it out on appsumo.com. It's only going to be live for a few weeks at this insane deal. Also, a special pre-show shout out to listener Jay Fisherman. What up, man? From USA saying, why did I wait so long to find this podcast? Thank you, man. I love you. If you want to shout out in a future episode, just go leave an iTunes review. I check every single one of them. I'm so happy to be alive today and nothing like crazy super happened. I was just like, fucking living is awesome and I want to do a lot more of it. And then like I almost got killed by a car and I was like, I'm still pretty excited to be alive. Good thing you are. Yeah. Good thing you are. But then I felt a little bad. So I like... He almost hit me while I was on my scooter, so I flipped him off, and I was like, is that the right thing to do? Mm, karma's going to get you one of these days. What do you mean? He almost killed me. I thought that's pretty karmic. Wait, so was it his fault that he came into your lane? or I made it, a well, right so what happened? So I was making a right turn, okay. and then he, I think he crossed a double yellow to turn into, he was a taxi turning into the hotel. So while I did my turn, he was like, he made a turn from this lane in. Oh, shit. Dude, it was close. It was super close. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. One of my friends actually died from a motorcycle accident. Dude, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, about 18 months ago. So be careful on a bike. It's never going to be your fault. It's always someone else's fault. It is. And today, dude, you know how I know I'm getting older? Today I wore a helmet even. <laughs> I was wearing a helmet. And I'm like, because, you know, my friends are all, oh, you're stupid. And my one, of my, my one buddy's like, dude, your brain's little your most valuable thing. And yes. you're thinking it's not worth it. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm dumb. But I wore it today even. I was like, all right, I'm going to be even, you know, safe and proper. Not proper, but safe. And I think that's like a function of getting older where you're like reducing your downside more. But you think about it, it's like you really should be doing that as a kid because like you you have much more life to live. Well, you just start thinking about your mortality a lot more often as you get older, you know? It's a crazy thing. When you're younger, like you're invincible, invincibility. But as you get older, you know, your friends start to you know, pass away and then your family members and then the funerals rem remind you of your own imminent death eventually. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about Airbnb and passive income. 
Yay, let's do it. Let's transition it out a little bit. Let's stop talking about deaths. No, I mean, I think death is generally good, right? It kind of forces you to live. Like, I've had these moments lately where I keep thinking about you only live once, and it's really about doing the things you want to be doing in any regard, right? If you don't have money, it's like, all right, well, what are you going to do to get out of that so you can do the things you want? It's just like, dude, exactly. it's a, it's a one-track play. I completely agree. So I've been even reflecting on my own company, my relationships, like my like health and activities. I'm like, all right, is this really what I want to be doing? Or am I just like filling time? Or am I just trying to like accommodate other people? And so yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a healthy reminder. How do you think about that? Think about what? Just like how you're living and, and how you're choosing to do the things you do. Life really has no meaning. It's really, you know, you define it. I kind of uh, agree with uh, Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah, what did he say? It's how you define your meaning that's ultimately going to be your purpose. You're going to go through a time where your meaning is not as visible to you, is not as apparent or obvious. You know, that's when you're going through a downtime. And that's when you take some time to reflect on, okay, what's my next year, two, three years going to look like? And it's healthy to have those moments. Yeah. How do you define your meaning? My meaning is to help people. It's why I created my blog in a way, because it allows me to scale up in helping other people get out of that, you know, how do I make money, right? Because if, <laughs> if you don't have money, if you don't have some kind of, some kind of stability, right? Because I came from an Asian household, my mom just like drilled this into me. If you don't ha- have some kind of financial stability, there's nothing you can do. You're just living, you're surviving all the time. And when you're surviving, a lot of your brain power is just putting on, it's just wasted on, you know, what am I going to do to survive? What am I going to eat? All that stuff. But when you start making money, you're going to have a lot more brain power thinking about, okay, what is my meaning? <laughs> what is my I, purpose? I almost what don't I think it's here? better to make money sometimes because like when you're struggling, at least you have the struggle. And when you have the mayonnaise and the extra condiments, you don't have to worry about what else you're going to be. You're like, oh, I got all the food. You know, I, I think you just look at like, okay, what's the next stage? Like something I, I think about lately is like, what's my next big dream? And that's something I reflect on. I'm like, oh, what's my next big dream in different areas of my life? More, more around work. I'm like, what's that next challenge that I want to grow towards? And let's talk about it with you. So yeah. you, I think you had a day job and got fired. Is that what you told me last time? Dude, I love I hearing those it. stories. I was in the job for six months. I think I was fired because I just did not get along with my boss. One, that's the reason he fired me. But thinking back, reflecting back, I was just not suited for his managerial style. You know, I thought, you know, I was a 25 year old. I came into the job thinking I had some kind of power. You know, and my ego is like way higher than it should have been. <laughs> I thought I had a chance, you know, to impact the organization, but in a way, the job was to be his bitch. How do you make you his bitch? Like, what's a good example? He just very condescendingly, like, very, like, you know, tough love. I mean, do you think maybe you were too sensitive? Maybe, maybe. It's hot in Texas right now. And I've been thinking about at first, like the first two days I came back here because I was traveling, you know, talking with you in Europe. I was like, man, it's so hot. And I was like whining a lot. And then I read this book, uh, Make the Bed by uh i don't remember his name but it's a it's definitely was it a general yeah it's a general and it's a quick read yeah uh, or you can watch his uh youtube announcement but um i was just like you know what this heat's making me tough (laughs) the heat's making me tough i gotta stop being a little bitch and just embrace the the toughness that i that i'm growing from the heat so anyways this episode i want to focus on passive uh airbnb.com and your income streams and your challenges yeah so this is one thing i'm always fascinated did you have some money making or side hustle while you were doing the day job no, actually. So the day job was everything to me. So I was pouring, you know, 100% of my energy into the day job. I was trying to make someone else happy. And after I was fired, 
I didn't really know what I was going to do, right? So all of your identity was tied to this corporate job, to your day job, and then all of a sudden it's gone. So you're like, okay, what am I, what am I doing next? So I took three months off to travel, uh, and I was backpacking in Europe for three months. Do you remember how you got fired, by the way? Yes, I remember how I got fired. Can you give it us because that's, that's like that's like traumatic stuff. I just like I think it'd be interesting. It was a Wednesday morning. I was commuting from Santa Clara to San Francisco. So usually, what I do on a train is I would make my to-do list. I would, you know, look at my emails and then look at previous tasks that I haven't completed. I would make my to-do list on a train. And part of making that to-do list is checking for my boss's calendar. When I was trying to see his calendar, he blocked off his access to me. So I was like, hmm, that's freaking weird. So that was kind of like a negative thing. I was like, he's never done this before. I, I don't have access to his calendar. So, you know, I carried on the date. I carry on the train ride. I started, you know, I've completed my to-do list and I went into the office. I was like maybe the second, third person in. It was like around eight o'clock and the boss was already working. He's, you know, kind of like the hardcore, like I'm always going to be the first one in, last one leaves kind of guy. I said, hi, he never, you know, didn't really, he was very like unfriendly. So I thought that was weird. And the VP that was like the general manager of the office, he was there too. He was the second, third person. He was already at his desk. And he said, hey, to me, I was like, that's super weird because he never initiated any pleasantries with me, you know, since I started. I was like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen today. So those two signs, the little signs, the tellings, you know, gave me like this spider chill, so to speak. And then I think it was around 8.30, 9 o'clock, I got pulled into a conference room. Usually I'd grab my laptop to take notes or whatnot. He said, and my boss said, leave your laptop. So I went into the conference room and uh, I saw the HR person. So we had a remote office. I saw the HR person on a screen facing me. And then my boss started off saying, the first sentence was, today's going to be your last day. Let's just say your boss is like, on the, we have them join our conversation. What would you like to say to them? Thank you for the experience. Like if you didn't fire me, you wouldn't have given me the fire to actually start what I, to start my own thing. You know, I, I think I still would have been a corporate drone or working for someone or not really content with my life. Good for you, man. So you traveled Europe for three months. I don't I necessarily want to do all the, the details around that stuff. You know, I'm sure yeah, you did yeah. a bunch of drugs and women and men, actually, and animals. <laughs> actually, none of that. Just It was just a lot of walking and listening to podcasts. Tim Ferriss is the podcast I listened to a lot uh, while I was traveling. It was a reflection period, like trying to figure out the next move. But yeah, a lot of drinking, a lot of women, yeah. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, come on, get to the good stuff. So how did you start the Passive Airbnb in sight? And then yeah. how do you make money on it? And then what's the challenge that, that we're going to solve on the show today? Three questions. So I started experimenting with different ideas. My first idea was gift card reselling. My second idea was... Oh, what was the first one? Reselling gift cards. Apparently that was a billion dollar industry. But the reason I got out of it was because there were a lot of scam artists. The second business model was eBay dropshipping. So I would essentially get items from Amazon Prime and I would mark it up, you know, 1.4x. And then I would try to sell it on eBay. And the sales that came in, they weren't enough to support <laughs> the lifestyle that I wanted to have. So I dropped that within three, five months. And the third idea was Airbnb arbitrage. This is the whole idea behind like, oh, you know, you could put your home on Airbnb without owning, without buying a property. So I took the last five grand that I had and I got myself a property. So walk us through that. Yeah. So I, I found a course. I took course online. 
the course didn't really teach you how to, the course had drawbacks. Anyways, I took the course online and I started to find properties in the South Bay. I did my market research. I located a market that was profitable. I went into the market. I found myself at one Mountain View. Mountain View. Okay. Yeah. So I found myself a profitable unit in a profitable market and I pay the the one month rent plus deposit. I hired a an interior decorator to come in, help me deck out the place. What did you say to the owner? Like, hey, I'm gonna Airbnb it, but I'm gonna pay you more in rent? No, actually I didn't offer any of that initially because knowing the homeowners, what they want is they want stability, they want to collect their monthly check. I presented myself as an LLC. I said that this cleaner is going to come in every time a guest leaves. We screen guests. You know, we pay rent on time. So, you know, we present ourselves as a professional company. We're not just some amateur going in and be like, hey, can Airbnb your your home for extra money so that, you know. You spent all of your 5000 on that. How much did you think you were going to be making? It was a 2x rent kind of thing. So the rent was 2K. So the monthly net revenue from Airbnb was, you know, I was looking around three to four grand for the first one to four months. And then when high season, peak season kicked in, I was looking at two to 2.5x of the monthly rent. So four to five grand. And based on the last three years, my profitability have been around generally low 40s and uh, mid 50s. So I think the thing I want to highlight that I think is really interesting for other people, there's a lot of listeners who are like, I want to start my own business. It's that you actually didn't even buy any property. You basically just found that, hey, this guy's renting it. I don't have to pay almost any money up front and I can rent it and see if there's any, you know, I can Airbnb it and then see if there's a profit in there. And you're only really putting up 5,000 bucks. So it worked really well. What's interesting is that and you went on to do more of these. How many did you end up uh, doing? So I ended up doing around six, but currently we have about four that's operational and I have a partner I have two partners and we have about 15, 16 units in the Bay Area. Why not go from 16 to 160 instead of creating the passive site, you know, the site that teaches people how you've been getting the properties without even having to buy them? Well, first of all, was, you know, my goal was to replace my full-time income. You know, I was making 75 grand at a time when I was working for a company. So my goal was to how do I replace 75 grand? Because I knew that was a comfortable money margin for me or a monthly income for me. I knew that once I had a comfortable income, I could create other things. And what I really want to do was help more people. With the Airbnb units, your impact's kind of localized. You know, you're helping people in the South Bay, you're helping people in San Jose, Santa Clara, Mountain View, San Mateo. And with the blog, I can help more people nationally. And that was the way I approached why I want to create a blog. And secondly, I think blog is more flexible. I can work on it anywhere. And I love the idea that a blog can be truly passive while Airbnb isn't truly passive. It's about 95% passive, I would say. I want to meet someone who doesn't want to help people. <laughs> like I keep waiting for somebody to come on the show or someone I meet in person yeah. is like, you know what? I fucking hate people and I want to take advantage of them and I want to take all their money because I think yeah. we all genuinely, generally want to help. But uh, it's always kind of funny when I notice people say that. The second thing I think is interesting is that as you move to your site or as you've done a few of these Airbnbs, I can't imagine what you're telling people that they don't know. Like what is something that, you know, people actually that you found out that most people aren't really realizing? Like for me, I'm like, all right, well, go find an apartment. 
contact him and be like, hey, I'm going to Airbnb it. I'll pay you even a little bit more in rent. And then I'll put some mm-hmm. furniture in and, and list it on Airbnb. Like, what are you actually helping teach people that they can't figure out themselves? The first is presentation of yourself. You know, I think it, it would be harder for just a normal person to go in. You know, if you present yourself as a professional company, like an Airbnb management company, it'd be a lot easier for you to get properties, get notice or get interest at least. If you were just going to say, hey, uh, property manager, I like to lease your property and I like to sublease it out on Airbnb, I can guarantee you 95% of the time you're going to get a no. Essentially, what I'm teaching people is how to increase their chances of getting a yes, right? So the response rate is like 30%. 20 to 40%, 30% on average. All right. And so that one thing is saying you're a property management company or saying that you're a LLC versus being an individual. Yeah. And I recently spoke to a guy who works for one of the big four companies called Sonder. What they do is, you know, they raise a ton of money. They did an internal research. They found out that people are willing to pay for a property that's been interiorly designed, meaning someone came in, looked at the space, picked out the furniture that fit the feel. You know, make it look really nice. I guess it's willing to pay 30 to 50% more for a space that's well decorated. So that's the second thing that I teach. The third thing is the automation or the automation part, right? Because imagine if you have three units, right? You can't clean them. If you have three check-in, three checkouts, you're not going to be able to do it yourself. So you need to think about what is your backend team going to look like, right? And that's going to be co-hosts and cleaners, right? Co-host is going to manage my front end, which is the guest communication, and manage my cleaners. They're the you know cleaners that are going to the properties and cleaning them. So what's the general range of revenue on Airbnb you're getting versus the website? It's about like 60, 40, 65, 35. In terms of the Airbnb and then the site is 40? Yep. Airbnb majority source income. What's the biggest challenge going on right now or with the website? With the website, I think we're running into conversion. We get a lot of traffic already, but we're not really optimizing for that traffic. We're not really converting for uh, email subscribers, because ultimately what I'm doing is I'm sending them a lot of lesson plans. And at the end of the lesson plan, I introduce my premium e-course that has everything documented. It's a premium product, $1,000. I think one, what's interesting is not about Airbnb per se. It's that you've taken something that you became a little bit of an expert or a full expert in whatever, some level of knowledge. And then you said, hey, I could probably teach this to others and it's valuable. And I think most people maybe don't even realize like knitting or soccer, or I'm starting to look for like a stretching coach. So there's just like things that people are experts in. You can either do it via Thumbtack and Yelp and physical in person or online. The second thing is that it may not be a conversion problem. So I want to just kind of unpack. I love when, when people may do podcasts or shows unpack things. Let's start with this. So how much traffic are you getting? We get about on average... 25, 30K a month. Okay, so 30,000 people a month. How many people join your email list a month? Oh, I use Sumo. Yes. I think, we're, <laughs> I think we're converting about like... Um, Just ballpark it. I think around like 1.5, less than 2%. Honestly, like what most... It's pretty standard. Really? Yeah. I mean, you can... Here's the thing that actually is counterintuitive with email list optimizations. We can focus on conversion and go get 600, 1200, which I think sometimes makes a lot of sense. But sometimes when you double the amount of people coming in, the quality is going to go down a lot. So it's actually almost better. But if you're getting 600 and no one's buying, that's an issue. But sometimes people are like, I need more emails. I'm like, well, maybe actually we don't need more emails. We just need to make sure we have better people. So 600 people a month joining. One thing that that we like doing in Sumo is that we focus on goal. 
what's the goal for the site for the year? Because sometimes when I've chatted with people, it's really interesting. They're like, I want to focus on my conversion rate. And then it's like, well, let's take a step back. What's the goal? And is this actually the yeah. biggest thing that will make a difference there? Yeah. So the goal right now is actually hiring an SEO specialist. Uh, I've worked with a SEO person for the last uh, since for six months. And then he had to go. So, you know, essentially we've been in a limbo state. And, you know, I am not the expert of SEO. I have, uh-huh. See, you know, again, basic understanding. So generally what I found is a goal that's helpful and that I'm only sharing from my own experience. I'm not telling you that this is the right thing, but this is what's worked for us mm-hmm. is that a goal should be quantifiable and have a timeline. So getting an SEO person is a tactic to a strategy that leads to a goal. What I mean by that is that to you, I think what's more helpful, and this is, dude, everyone does this. Most or most yeah. businesses that I've seen that aren't where they want to be or not going where they want to go necessarily. And you're doing really yeah. well. I'm not, I'm not hating on you. I'm just saying that as you want to go to these next levels, it's saying this year, I want to be at $100,000 revenue. Next year, I want to be at yeah. 200 or it could be number of customers or it could be number of properties. It could be whatever it is. So yeah. like as an example with AppSumo, we have a revenue goal with SendFox, we have a customer target goal. And so it's just like, if you have that, it gives me, it, you can work backwards from how the best way to get there. Do you have anything like that? Yes, actually. Now, you know, after you clarified it a little okay. bit more. So we have a few different income streams and depending on the income stream, we have rough goals. For the e-course, what we'd like to hit this year is in the low six-figure range. And for the affiliate or for the passive income that comes from affiliation, Amazon brands or promoting. That was a really funny way of saying it. Not affiliate, but from affiliation. I like that. You're so proper. Thanks. Yeah. So we're trying to hit around five grand a month. 60 grand a year. Our, yeah. 60 grand that comes from passive income and somewhere between 150 grand that comes from e-course. Okay. And then the one course you sell is the step-by-step blueprint to create a $100,000 passive income business on Airbnb. Yep. And the affiliate, is that on the content stuff or is that in your emails where you're like, hey, here's a book we like or how are you getting the 5K a month? It's a blog through blog posts that are ranked on uh, Google. Mm-hmm. So content marketing, yeah. But is it like links to Amazon or we're, we're, I'm trying yep. to... Yep, links to Amazon affiliates. Uh, we oh, have... for like products and stuff, like get this chair and stuff? Exactly, exactly. Get the smart lock that, you know, we also have a dynamic pricing tool that we use that I use personally, and uh, we have an affiliation with them. So we push them a lot. That's a company that we've been working with. The relationship has been going really well. We also promote a product that helps with your um, Airbnb market research. Is that AirDNA? Yes. Dude, they're awesome. I don't know if they still give yeah. as much free information out, but AirDNA was like so cool and seeing all these like resources about like what cities and revenue. But let, let's focus on you because we have about 15, yeah. 20 minutes and I want to I get some juice out of it. Your goal is to make 150k. My goal is to make 200 grand. Perfect. Oh, now we're getting. Ta- now yeah. we're talking. You talking numbers by the end of 2019? By the end of 2019. All right. And so now, for people listening, we are in August 29th, 2019. So four months. And r- yeah. roughly, where are you at? Uh, 50%. You're doing awesome. Like this is so That's great. Kinda... From nothing, you've generated this, and all the people that have got it and the benefit and all that stuff. So you're at 100 grand, and we have four months to make 25 grand a month. And the thing that's interesting is you said to me earlier, you're like, oh, um, I hate when people do that to me. Like, oh, you've been a hypocrite. I'm just saying you mentioned earlier that mm-hmm. SEO is the thing that you need help with. And it's like, well, is yeah. that in four months going to get you 100 grand? Probably not. Let's say we didn't chat and you just keep doing your plan. Where do you think you'd end up at the end of the year? 
maybe like 130. So what is that? 30 divided by four is so you're doing like 7K a month. Give it, you'd give it like another seven to 8K a month, depending on what happens. Yeah. All right. So we need to 3X the 7K. So you need to 3X in four months. Just to take a step back, this is one of the things that I think is going to be helpful for you. Museum hack that episode. I don't know if you listen to that one. I have not, but I will listen to it. The biggest thing that, that would be helpful for you is that you need to be locked into your actual goal. And then you need to be more clear on a monthly basis how you're trending towards that goal and the levers that you can do mm-hmm. to either get there or stay at the goal if you're already accomplishing it. Yeah, you know, that's one thing I haven't done. You know, haven't I've never tracked them. I always have an idea in my head. I always know how much money is coming in every month. And I've never really looked at a sheet and be like, okay, we're trending down on this and we need to up this. How do we do that? You know, I've never done that. I've done it for, I don't know, maybe too long. I'm dinosaur level. It's the same thing as you're teaching people you've professionalized and experienced things and you're professionalizing your business on the digital world. What I found, so I'll just walk you through how we've done it. So absolutely won't have as a revenue goal. I don't want to share it publicly. It's up to Amen and stuff like that. But we have a revenue goal. And so literally every single week on, we're now moving meetings to Friday, but every single week we say, are we on track or not on track for the year to date goal and for the monthly goal every single week. And so what's actually interesting, I'll say tell you two things that are interesting. We were looking at our monthly, how are we on track for the month? And like, are we were off? One of the months was off. And so I'm like, Amen, why is it off? What are you going to do about it? Blah, blah, blah. And what we realized, though, is that you actually have to look at longer time periods. So you have to look at your overall, are you on track for the year? That's kind of business dependent. We have our yearly goal. We look at it year to date and we look at it monthly and we review these numbers every single week and we go over what are our plans. We generally, they work in six week cycles at AppSumo. So a six week cycle, what are mm-hmm. we going to do that will make sure we're on track for the goal? And everything is towards the goal. So it makes it really easy. It's like, hey, does this help us with our goal? Do it. If it's not, don't do it. But what can you yeah. realistically do? Let's just even pick September to go from 7K to 21K. I'll tell you the first thing I'd recommend is put together just like a spreadsheet of each month of what you need to be at and what you're actually doing. And then every week, check your with your partners. You need to be reviewing that. Yeah. So the blog's just me. Yeah. So for September, if you need to go from 7 to 25K, what are our options? So I'm actually thinking about creating a new course. It's a new course that's going to help existing entrepreneurs or Airbnb hosts to hunt properties. So one of the challenges... Hold on. Dude, I, don't, I don't need to hear about the life story of Airbnb. So what I am trying to get you to focus on... And one, I really like you. I, for some reason, you have like a good personality. Not for some reason. You have a good personality and, and I connect with Thanks, you. Man. So what I am really trying to get is a list of things that we can do. So in September, you can go from 7 to 21K. I just want to get a list. I don't want to even say that the list is great or not great. So just okay. make a list of things. So you can sell a new course, sell a new course that does house hunting. Yeah. I'm making my own list for you, but you write it down because you have to do the work. What else? Give away a smart lock. All right. Keep going. There's no stupid answer. So the idea there is your email list grows. Social selling. What's social selling? Selling in my Facebook group. So you're in like a Facebook group selling people in your Facebook group about your Airbnb stuff? The Facebook group is meant as a support group for my students, members. And I think we could be a little better at potentially pointing them to products that we have on a site. So your course now basically is I join your email list, I get like 10 emails and then you send me a pitch that's like, hey, here's my course and there's like an hour to buy it kind of thing? No, actually. So currently it's closed. So all the emails that you get are or lesson plans essentially to build an idea for you on, you know, what does Airbnb arbitrage mean? And here's a good idea for you to succeed. 
if you sign up to my core email list, you would get a good enough idea that you would actually still, you, you wouldn't need to buy my course. You would get the basic idea down. The course is really good for laying out the basics and step-by-step basics. How often are you selling the course? About every two months. So every two to three months where, you know, we do an open enrollment. Okay. And then have you considered just making the course, they can buy it whenever? We did that for four to six months. Um, We had a lot of fraudulent purchases. So that was a pain in the ass to deal with that. So my lists, paid ads. The 7,000 a month you're going to get, where is that coming from then? Well, I was thinking from the increase of subscribers. Okay. So that was what I was thinking. When are you going to sell the course next? September. Like so in September, how many sales do you expect? Probably around 10 to 20. So you'll make like 10,000 to 20,000 bucks? Yeah, about, yeah. Minus the fees, yeah. So you're still off your goal though by like, you know, 70,000 bucks. We need to do a little bit bigger swings potentially. Okay. So anyways, I, I think what I was trying to get to is that one, you need to have a goal. Two, you need to track your goal. And then three, what, yes. what's worked for us is that what can we do that we already know is going to work? And so let's come up with a list of things that we can do and then prioritize them by how much we think we're exp- they expect to create in revenue and then prioritize them based on that. And then you go do them in, in that order in September. And maybe not all of them, but maybe a few. So let's keep going through a list. So how many people have already bought your course? Just roughly. Uh, we have about 70 something students currently. How many of them actually have Airbnbs now? I'm not sure. Because like I have an Airbnb. Like, is there something that you could sell yeah. me or all the pe- those 70 people something? Yes, that's the next course. That's the course that I'm thinking about selling to Airbnb hosts. I thought you said you're doing the course about house hunting. It is in a way, but when you're selling to Airbnb current hosts that, you know, they already know Airbnb, how the model works. You know, they have a hard time finding properties. That's what the course is for, is helping the current Airbnb hosts how to find houses with, you know, with the VA. I want to go sideways for a second. What are you really excited about with all this stuff that for you could potentially be doing or that you want to do with passive Airbnb? It's content creation. It's uh, how do I get to my revenue goal for the year? How do I create content? How do I generate affiliate income? And how do I increase the e-course sales? Those are the, the main goals for this business. Well, I was just more interested in what you're excited on. Like, so you're super excited. Like for me, I'm excited to do podcasts most of the time. I'm excited about all the stuff we're working on at Sumo. I'm excited about bike riding. I'm saying like for this, are you excited to like launch this new course? Are you excited to like get to the 200,000? Are you excited about like some new Airbnb thing they're launching? Yeah, I'm excited for the product launch. You know, when I launched my first course, I had no idea what I was doing. This is going to be the second course. I have a better idea on areas that I can improve. I just want to see if I can do a better job this time. It's kind of a personal challenge and I'm excited to, you know, see if the second launch is going to be better than the first one. We still are 70,000 short and you're not going to hit your goal. So what are we going to do? What are our options? Either have a, you know, a smaller goal. No, no, we're not changing the goal. (laughs) I think you need to set yourself up for success. So there's like sell a new course. So I think there's a few different things. There's sell a new course to existing students and you have 600 people a month. I think you could probably like increase conversion rate. You can probably increase your conversion rate, increase conversion rate on subscribers, sell a different course just a different type of course to your audience. I think you can experiment with like not doing the big launch thing. Like, can you do something where it's not a big launch? Yeah, I think I'm also thinking about the webinar model where people sign up, you know, to see a webinar, do the webinar for 30, 45 minutes. And at the end of the webinar, they have a chance to buy. 
So that's more of an on-demand thing because I have a lot of people reaching out to me right now like, hey, when are you going to open up your course again? And I think uh, the webinar is going to be the solution for those people that want it now. Well, everyone says they want now until you ask them to pay. That's the problem. Exactly. So what I'm trying to get to is more a list of items of things we can then prioritize. And because you came on the show because you're going to go do stuff and then we can all find out what works. Yes. So here's a few other ideas. Like I have an Airbnb. I don't know if I would pay, but it might be interesting to pay a little bit for you to actually or your VA to go review my Airbnb listing to see how it could be optimized because I don't ever really look at it. Yep. So like Airbnb listing optimizations. What else? We have templates. So one of our templates that's popular is the landlord outreach template essentially is laid out you know, it's giving you this word by word template on how you should approach a landlord or property manager. That's popular. And that's for people that starting you, out. Yeah, exactly. This is for people that doesn't want to pay for the course, thousand dollar course that wants to just know the, uh, the shortcut. Okay. So templates, what else? Keep giving me a few more. Consulting. So I'm thinking about creating a consulting offer that does it for you. So you just pay, say 25 grand and we'll just come in and do it for you. Dude, that is interesting. So I pay you 25 grand and you basically find me the place and get all the stuff and set everything up. Yep. And then I've created your listing for you and then say, here, this is done for you. Bro, I'm that to me is unique. I love that idea. But let's not let's not yeah. get committed, married to anything yet. We're going to keep dating okay. around. So I, how many are we at? We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I want one more. So sell a new course to existing students, which is expanding revenue of customers you already have. Sell a different mm -hmm. course to those people. Sell a different course to the rest of your audience. Yeah. And it could be just a lower price course. It could be the templates. It could be something else. Not a big launch. So experiment with ongoing sales. Increase conversion subscribers. Well, actually, there's a few things I saw on your site we can, I'll give you some suggestions on. Do a giveaway. Like we have kingsumo.com, yes. which is free giveaway software. You should use it. Yes. You can I'm sell more. Yeah. You're using kingsumo. Awesome. You can sell more in your FB group. You can do Airbnb listing oppositions. You can sell templates and you can do a done for you package. You know what's crazy if you think about it? The done for you package, you only need to sell three of them and you'll hit your goal this year. Yeah, that's the 25 grand. Yeah. It's, Isn't it's that a little crazy if you think about it that way? It is. It's a 25K for one package versus 25 students. I think that's a good list that we have. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be doing all of them. <laughs> one, I'm going to prioritize on, on the course that I've already started. And two, I'm definitely going to prioritize on the consulting offer. And three... I would like to prioritize on a webinar and that's uh, maybe, you know, we can experiment with going a lower price point. Maybe right. you know, so of what's the first one? So I have two lists. One is Airbnb host. So I'm planning to sell them the new course that teaches them how to do house hunting without actually doing any work by outsourcing it to a VA. The second one that I want to work on is a consulting offer to 25K done for your maybe 30 grand. I'm not sure. And the third thing I, I want to prioritize on is the webinar and that's for people that want it now, maybe we can experiment with a lower price point. That would be actually interesting. So can I give you a few suggestions of things to do? Yeah, of course. Number one, on the 30K thing, I would email the list and say, hey, we're considering doing this. Please apply if you're interested and then have people actually apply and just yeah. see what kind of people they are. You could just literally hit them up directly. You don't need to do any launch. Yeah, that's like utilizing the resources that you already have. Email the entire list and be like, hey guys, I'm actually looking to take on you could even be more specific. I think sometimes the you know urgency and limitation is helpful. Hey, we're t I'm taking on four people and I'm actually going to experiment doing it for you. Like I will do every single thing. I'll do this, 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 this. Please fill out here if you're interested in this. Cool. 
that will be a quick experiment. It takes like two days. And then from there, you just hit them up and be like, all right, look, I'm, if you're interested, here's what I'm thinking. Get, I would get on the phone with them so you could close it down. Yeah. So that's number one. I would do it more survey-based. The second thing for the new product you're doing is that I would stop working on the product and I would go pre-sell it. Okay. Have you already pre-sold it? No, I haven't actually. That's a good idea. Stop working on it and go sell it to the audience. Is it to existing people or to new customers? It's to existing people. That's what you need to be doing in September, not working on the course. So I try before I almost do anything to sell it without putting up a lot of money or, or time to see if it's worth investing a bunch of time. That's smart. Yeah. I have to think... You know, now I have an email subscriber base because, you know, I used to work with nothing. So there was, it was really hard to do that. But now I actually have people. So I mean, one of my favorite things in business, and that's something that we, you know, I have to remind myself, frankly, a lot of the advice I'm giving you is just stuff I'm trying to tell me is that how do you take advantage? And I don't mean take advantage of the people, but take advantage of the resources that you already have yourself. Like I have Google traffic. I have an email list. Maybe I have something else instead of like always reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And so I think that's really what I want to get you thinking. Funnier. One other thought, and then I want to go into some of the conversion stuff. Okay. For your course, do you offer a payment plans at all or lower option? Yeah, I have a, a one-time payment. And then we have uh, two installments, two monthly installments. Of that's 500? At a lower price. Like 597 Look, some of these people like Ramit and all these guys who have already created a lot of online courses have figured it out. And they have a yeah. team of like 30 people that are testing all this stuff. Like, if you go yeah. to one of Ramit's courses, like one, he has courses that are always available now. Don't copy his page per se, but copy like some of the semantic. And, te- and then you, you know, start learning for yourself and figure out what works. But like check out, you know, his uh, one of his pages. It's a thousand dollars. And then just look at what percentage they do. Right. So they do 10 okay. percent basically as the payment plan amount. So if your course is a thousand, you offer a hundred dollars a month for 12 months. Huh. OK. A whole point of a payment plan is because I can't afford all of it up front. So anyways, go copy yeah. from these people who've already figured it, And then you, you iterate from there. So okay. I, I would change that. And then the last thing, let's go over some of the conversion stuff. I'm only going to give you one conversion thing on your site. That's all I need. I'm guessing 80% of your traffic is coming to through the blog. I would say more than 80%, probably 95%. Yeah. Even better. So what yeah. you need to do on your blog articles is right at the top of them. People call these different things content upgrades. Okay. We've called them click triggers. It's built into Sumo and you could use it okay. with Sumo and SendFox because I know you're you're about to move up to SendFox for your email marketing. You like that plug? <laughs> SendFox.com, the best product you can use for email marketing. Anyways, so in the top part of your site, most people only make one third of the articles. In the top third of your site, I would add a box that's like, hey, get my templates for how to do the Airbnb thing and give me okay. your... And so it's we call it click triggers in Sumo. So you can just look up that or content yeah. upgrade. But the idea is Give me your email in exchange for something valuable. And don't just send them some piece of shit. Make it actually really useful. The reason I'm suggesting this is that 85% of your traffic is to the blog, but all you have is a pop-up and something on the right side. No one pays attention to the right side and pop-ups get 1.5% opt-in. So you're losing a lot of the audience, which is fine. You may want to consider putting something at the place that they're paying attention to. I mean, and it's kind of silly. You have the title twice right? On your articles, it's like title and then the title below. And then you have an image that says the title, which seems redundant, but the valuable attention is at the top. So put something in line that has a box around it. You know, if you go to backlinko.com, Brian has them on a lot of his articles. I have it on OKDork on all my articles or for my most popular articles. Stop trying to figure things out yourself. Just go copy. And I'm going to copy you. Yeah, copy me, dude. That's what I'm here to tell you. Cool. 
I think that's more than enough for me to chew on. There's other things that I would do as you get more advanced and I'll just highlight a few of them. Like you could add retargeting. If you're only getting like 3% to opt in, 97% can see retargeting ads. Don't do that for this month. I think selling the templates like a lower priced introductory product to get people believing is really interesting. I do Mm -hmm. think there's something interesting with selling to someone like me. I'm making good money. If you could figure a way that's like, hey, no, I can make you 10% more money with your listing. Like I would probably pay if I didn't have to do as much work or I can give it to my assistant. Mm -hmm. Let's summarize the things that you're going to do in September. So when we come back, you can show how much money you made. So the consulting offer, I'm going to do a survey base. So I'm going to essentially test the idea with my existing email list. Another thing is that the course, the new course that teaches about house hunting, I'm going to, I'm going to try to pre-sell it and see if I can get any interest. So that's on the new product offerings. Third thing is the webinar. Uh, I'd love to maybe figure out a way to test the lower price point and then give it to them now. We'll give it to them like immediately rather than have them wait for you know two, three months and then sell them a $1,000 course. You have like 30 people a day or 20 people a day joining your newsletter. And now you're going to have more because you're going to add in those content upgrades. Yep. You could test that today. You could literally take all the 20 people who emailed you today and be like, hey guys, I'm actually experimenting with something. Normally it's a thousand and this is no joke. And I want to launch it. I'm going to have a lower price point, but I want to try it something new. You guys are getting a deal and then I get to learn. And so you have 20 people a day. You don't need to spend a lot of time making a webinar and making all these videos if you know if you're just oh, trying to see. True. Second thing is if you're selling courses, we did a course, we did over a million dollars with it. And it was showing people how to do this stuff, like how to start a business, blah, blah, blah. And I, I hated doing it. Um, but the number one thing I ever did to help sell the course was I actually did it live. And I saw on your site, you have live case studies, but they're not really yeah. live. They're just like fake case studies. They're I'm just outdated saying. case studies. Yes. So <laughs> if you go and do a live case study, be like, hey, on this month, you could take one of the four people who you've, who have paid for your consulting work and just show uh-huh. it live. So you could actually take, take one the property them. you're doing for them, record it and yeah. show it live. Don't do like afterward bullshit. That's always seems fake. Just do it real time and show people it. You know what? You're making 25 Gs plus everyone's gonna be like, holy crap. Everything he does is real. I want to get all the scripts. I want to get all the exact yeah. stuff to be able to do it. I added a video, a few videos of me, you know, getting a property from unfurnished to furnished and the end result, which was reservations that came through Airbnb. So you're suggesting doing with one of the clients that would pay 25 grand and 30 grand. Yeah. Because yeah, if you can prove to me that it actually is going to work, then I'm going to definitely be like, oh shit, I can, I believe we're all skeptical, you know? Cool. I think that's, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot, dude. All right. So, and I think also get your spreadsheet or look, and I think when I tell people like get their goals with the spreadsheet, I'm not, I think they're thinking I'm, I'm like talking very fancy. I'm just like, have your number for the year, have your number for the month, and then look at that regularly. Okay. That's really what it is. Look at it. I would do it with your partners on a weekly, we do it weekly so that you can make adjustments accordingly. All right. I got to actually cool. get rocking. I'm super excited for you. One, I think you are a great dude. You have a great attitude. One of my favorite things you said was that you would say thank you to your boss, that old, the guy who fired you. Yeah, I do thank him. Like if he didn't fire me, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. Never, ever. No, that might not be a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a wrap. I hope you loved the episode. If you did, go check out Sam at PassiveAirbnb.com. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, dog, let's go play Monopoly together. And before you go, let me know what you thought of the episode by spamming me at podcast at okdork.com. I probably won't check most of the emails. Also, remember to go check out appsumo.com slash sendfox and get the sendfox lifetime deal, 49 bucks, sayonara, MailChimp, AWeber, ConvertKit, 
You guys know what to do. Stuntfox.com. Get it for life on AppSumo right now. And final special thanks to Jason at podcasttech.com. As always for making these podcasts sound so damn good. And thank you, Sean, David, and Dean at the Dork Team. And a special shout out to Vanessa Yepes at AppSumo this week. Just want to let you know you're the best. What's your favorite? Sausage. <laughs>